Thank you. you. May be seated. Hey, I'm Pastor Matt. I'm the senior pastor at Hope Church. We're delighted that you chose to spend your Easter morning with us. We just think it's an incredible, it's a foundation of the Christian faith that we hold that Jesus Christ is alive, that he rose from the dead, and it has incredible implications for us. And, you know, as I was thinking about this, uh, it's really important for us to understand, that's what we really want to talk about this morning, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, not as a ghost, not as a spirit, not as some uh, type of projection. He rose in a physical body. He rose in the same way He died. He died as a man on a cross, and He rose as a man with a body. And that's what we want to look at, because I think it has incredible implications. So the first passage we want to look at is in the Gospel of John. And in the Gospel of John, the stone has been rolled away. The women have gone to the, the, the tomb. They found it empty. They were preparing the body for burial. And Mary sees some incredible things. So let me read you that passage. It says, John chapter 20, verse 11. Mary was standing outside the tomb, crying. And as she wept, she stood and looked in. She stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus. But she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which in Hebrew is in Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I, have yet, I haven't yet ascended to my Father. But go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Now this, this episode, this event uh, between Mary and Jesus has been t- depicted by many artists over the years. And this is just one of those depictions where Mary, it, it, Mary is, is, is grasping, is grabbing on to Jesus. And Jesus says something that seems odd. He says, don't, some translation, I think it was the King James said, don't touch me. But really, what, the, what the, the language underneath the Greek is saying is, don't cling on to me, don't hold on to me, don't, you know. And, and what Mary was doing was probably at his feet, holding on to his feet, saying, you got away from me once, but you won't do it again. I'm going to hold on to you for dear life. You're not going anywhere. And Jesus basically says, hold on, hold on. I don't mean hold on, but hold on, don't hold on. You, you get what I mean. And, and so, what, what, so this is a kind of... A, and he says, listen, you go tell the disciples that I have, have risen and that uh, I'm, I'm going to be coming. And so, but then you go to Luke's Gospel and you see something a little different. And it seems as though there's a difference going on with Jesus. And I want to look at that. Luke chapter 24, verse 37. So Jesus appears to his disciples and he says to them this. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. 
you can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost. Because ghosts don't have bodies. As you see, I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, Do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it And as they watched. Now, here Jesus is inviting his disciples and telling them to look at his body, to see the nail prints on his hands and on his feet, to touch him, to feed him fish. And yet he said to Mary, don't touch me, don't hold on to me. What's going on here? So there's a couple questions I had when I read through these two passages. This seems like it's a contradiction, and I don't think it's a contradiction, as you'll see in a moment. But it seems as though what Jesus is telling Mary one thing, and he's telling the disciples later on something quite different. What is going on here? And I think the answer is this. What Jesus is saying to Mary is this. Mary, I know that you were afraid. I know that you, you don't understand this. And I know you're holding on to me for dear life, thinking that I'm just going to disappear again. I'm not leaving. There is going to be a day that's coming that I will ascend to my Father. But it's not today. It's not today. This isn't a day for holding on to me. This is a day for rejoicing. This is a day for telling the good news, for proclaiming to the disciples, my followers, that I have risen from the grave. So go tell them that. So, it, so that's what he's telling her. He's saying, not, don't, he's saying you can, don't hold on to me like you're going to lose me. You're not going to lose me. There will be a day where I will ascend, but it's not today. Then he comes to his disciples, and their, their issue was different. Their issue is, I've seen a ghost. And Jesus is saying, I'm not a ghost. I'm not a spirit. I have a real physical body. I rose the same way I died, with a physical body. Let's look at my scars on my hands. Um, he says, go ahead, touch me. Remember when Thomas doubted? He says, go ahead, put your fingers right in, into the, my wounds, if, if you must. Um, and then he says, okay, give me some fish. What is he doing here? He's saying, I have a digestive system. I'm going to eat some fish right before your eyes. And they watched and they marveled. Now, so I think that solves for me the issue of why he's telling Mary one thing and the disciples another. But there's another question that I had, and the other question was this. Why is Jesus making such a big deal about a physical resurrected body? What's the significance of a resurrected body? And I think it has incredible implications for us. I think there's a reason why Jesus wanted his disciples to know, all of his followers through all time, to know that he rose in a physical body. Because I think it has incredible implications for us, for those who call upon the Lord, the, who those who say, Jesus is my Savior and I've called upon him. And I want to talk about that. But before we do that, can we just agree that there's a lot of confusion about life after death? There's views all over the place. You know, the, I think that in my mind, it boils down to three different schools of thought in this life after death uh, discussion. And, and it's not kind of on a continuum. It's kind of like there's a group over here, and there's a group over here, and then there's people in between. And I want to talk about those views. The first one is what I would call materialism. And that's the view that basically says all there is, science is all there is, and there, all there is is matter, the physical, what you can see, what you can taste, what you can touch. Um, that's all there is. There's nothing but that. When your brain dies, so do you. And so the, 
the, the, the summary would be you live, you die, you rot. It's over. That's materialism. That's where it leads. There is no spiritual. There is no supernatural. There are no miracles. And you can just read Time and Newsweek and read the articles, and that's really essentially all they're saying. Uh, the articles are basically is, yes, it's nice to know Jesus was a, uh, was a great teacher, but there is no such thing as miracles. There's no such thing as resurrection. There's no such thing. It's such a physical world. It's a material world. You live, you die, you rot. That's one view. The other view is more of a spiritual view. And it, it basically says you live... Well, let me explain it to you a little bit. And this is where a lot of the Eastern religions and a lot of the other religions come in. It basically says, you know what? The problem with us is that we have a soul. We have a spirit. We have a, a supernatural part of us. And our biggest problem is that our body is keeping us down. It's, we're trapped. Our bodies are trapped. Our, our souls are trapped in our body. And so death frees us, it frees our soul, it frees our spirit to go into the energy of the universe, whatever you want to call it, call it God, whatever it is, and you go back into the energy and you recycle, you uh, uh, recreate, you reincarnate, you transmigrate, whatever it is. So you may become uh, another person and, and you'll just do your life over again. And you'll get, you know, if you do good karma, you'll do better. If you do bad karma, you do worse. You might be a bug. You might be a plant. You might, and I'm not making fun. This is, this is really the view. And so the view is you live and you die and you recycle. But you'll have no memories of this life. You'll have no memories of your friends, your family, your neighbors. You'll have no thought of it all. It, it, both views basically say once you die, whatever you lived on this earth, you'll forget. It's over. Christianity, biblical Christianity, says this. It says that when you die, you begin to live. If you know Jesus Christ, and basically, the, the, the problem with materialism, it says all there is is the material. The problem with spiritualism, it says all there is is the, or the spiritual is the highest. Christianity says no, we are both physical and spiritual beings. And we were born physical beings with a spirit, and we will die, and we will be raised physically. Just like Jesus was raised physically. And that's why it's so important. So Christianity basically says, you live, you die, and if you know Jesus Christ, then you really live. <laughs> then life really begins. <laughs> and you'll say, I guess I really wasn't alive. I thought I was, but I really wasn't alive until this point. And those are really, the bottom line is, I don't know where you're at today. And I don't know if you came because, well, I'm visiting and the family came and I came along with them. What are they going to do, sit, sit there at home or whatever? I get it. I, under, I was there at one point. But my point is, you have to play, play your hand. If you say, well, I'm mater material and I don't believe in the supernatural, fine. Play those cards out. And when I come to visit you in the hospital, when the doctor's have much time left, here's what I'm going to say. You lived a good life, you got about an hour, and then it's done, you're done. That's not a lot of hope. Or maybe you're, hey, oh, I'm all about the spiritual, I'm all about, you know, the body being trapped and set free and recycling into the power, the energy of whatever it is of the universe. And I say, that's fine. Just remember your whatever good thoughts you have, whatever good relationship, whatever good moments you had. 
Embrace them now because they're all going to be gone. But Christianity, biblical Christianity says you will remember. You will remember those relationships. You will build those relationships. It, it just changes everything. See, here's the point. God says you can either live with me or without me. I'm not going to twist your arm. I'm not going to force you. You have a choice. And, and essentially what hell is, hell is life. Without God. And you know, some of you may be here and you say, well, I'm living my life on my own. God has placed no role in your life. And I just want to say you're, you're experiencing hell here on earth and you'll experience that for eternity in, in hell. Some of you and most of you would say, yeah, I'm living my life for God as best as I know. I've given my life to Him. Jesus is my Savior. And I just want to say you're beginning to experience what God is going, transforming your life, changing your life, preparing you for heaven. Because hell is a place, the worst part of hell is not the, the fire, the brimstone, and all that stuff. The worst part of hell is this. That you will be eternally separated from God. The best part of heaven is that you'll always be with Him. And so that's what I would hope for you. You see, only one of these views, only one of these views bring hope. If I go to you and you're a naturalist, there's no hope. If I go to you as a spiritualist, there's no hope. If I come to you as a Christian, I can come to you and say, because you know Jesus Christ, because Jesus rose from the dead, and because Jesus rose in a physical body, I can tell you by the authority of the Word of God, by the words of Paul, that one day you will be raised in a physical body and you will live forever. In fact, you will say, you may even think this, my first day in heaven, I woke up and I realized for the first time I was alive. That's the hope. Now, many people, you see, and, and here's the other thing. If you believe in materialism, you don't have to make a choice. If it's true, it happens. If you believe in spiritualism, it's true. You, 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 you just, it happens. Now, I know there's the whole karma thing, and I get all that. But I'm just saying, but Christianity basically says, no, this life, in this life, you must choose who you'll follow. That's why the Bible says, Paul says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You have to decide. Now, many people have used Easter Sunday, Easter weekend to make those type of choices. Some of you have came to faith in Jesus on Easter Sunday. And, and I hope some of you will. I hope some of you God is working in your heart even now and saying, you know, when are you going to do it? How long are you going to wait? What do I have to do to, 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 to show you that I love you, that I have a place and a purpose for you? Not only in heaven, but right now I want to work in your life. How Wait, I, I, I just want to say one of the greatest things you could ever do, maybe for yourself, certainly for the people that love you, is give your life to Jesus. He will change your life. Let me ask you another question. Are you excited about heaven? I mean, I, I'm, and I want to talk mainly to people who say, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm finding, and maybe you are too, I'm finding that Christians aren't really very excited about heaven. Like, for instance, if I were to say to some young people today, are you excited about heaven? They go, well, kind of. Why not? Well, you know, I have never been married. I've never, you know, all these things. I'm going to miss out on all these things. And, and I just, do you remember there was a movie a number of years ago? It's called The Bucket List. And it was about two old men. And basically, they're both diagnosed with cancer. And they decided they were going to make a bucket list. They were going to live. They were going to get all of those things that they said, I was going to, I've always wanted to do this and I'm going to do it. I'm going to climb that mountain. I'm going to race that car. I'm going to eat that food. I'm, 
whatever it is, and I'm going to do that. And I find that many times, not just people in the world, but Christians are making bucket lists. They're saying, I've got to get it all in. I've got to get it all in. If I don't get it all in, I'll get cheated. If Jesus were to come today, I would say, hey, could you hold out? Give me, give me two more years. Give me three more years. Give me 20 more years. And then I'm good with you coming because right now, I don't want to miss out on this. The bodily resurrection of Jesus shows us that just as He was raised with a physical body, everyone who trusts in Him will also be raised with a physical body. This means that our life in heaven will be similar but beyond anything that you will ever experience on this earth. It will be similar but beyond that. And, and what I mean by that is I like the, the picture that C.S. Lewis has. He says, we are like a, a little boy playing in a mud puddle with a truck. And the mom says, son, let's go. We're going to get in the car and we're going to go to the beach. We're going to go to the ocean. And the boy doesn't know what an ocean is. He's never seen the ocean. He has no concept of the huge beach and, and all of the sand and the, the water and, and, and how beautiful it is. He has no concept of it. He's sitting there in a mud-filled uh, mud puddle. And his mom is trying to convince him. And she knows that if she could just take him and get him to the beach, he would go, what mud puddle and, and Lewis basically says we're like little children with the mud puddle with our life here on earth. And when we say, I want to play in the mud puddle a little longer, don't take me to the beach. Don't take me to the ocean. What I want to tell you as a follower of Jesus Christ, you don't need a bucket list. You do not need a bucket list. The bodily resurrection means that your best experience here will be a shadow of your worst experience in heaven. Your best experience here on earth is merely a shadow of your... And listen, I understand that probably it's hard for me and you even to grasp and say, if there's bad experiences in heaven, get my language. I'm just trying to convey a principle here. Your worst experience in heaven will be beyond comparison to your best experience here on earth. Here's what I want you to take away this weekend. The resurrection of Jesus shows us the best is yet to come. Now next weekend I'm going to talk about heaven. Because I think we have some really messed up ideas about heaven. Um, your first day in heaven, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, your first day in heaven, you will think that your whole life on earth you were living in a coma. Or let me state it another way. Your time in heaven will make your current existence seem like you're a cucumber. Or pick whatever fruit you'd like. Or vegetable. It doesn't matter. It, it, we have this concept, and, and, and maybe you do too. Maybe you walked in with this concept, and what you'll do is you'll walk out and say, well, that was wrong. In, people have a concept that heaven is, I'm going to be sitting in the cloud as a spirit, without a body, playing a harp, I don't know how you play a harp as a spirit. In an eternal church service. i got to tell you, if that's heaven, I don't want to go. That's, not what, that's why Jesus is saying, is, I'm not a spirit. I have a physical body. And so will you. 
The Bible says we will run and not grow weary. Yeah, ever get out there and say, I'm going to lose a little weight. I'm going to run. You get out there and your legs tell you, oh no, you're not. You're not running any more than... My knees aren't the greatest. My doctor scoped one of my knees last year and he said, you got to stop running on pavement, so I stopped. But I have to tell you something. When I get to heaven, I have new knees. Brand new knees. And I am going to dunk on my boys so big time. And anyone else that's in the lane, I am going to dunk over you. I am going to do that in heaven. I'm going to dunk on people in heaven. We're going to talk more about heaven next week. I don't have time, but if you, if you want to learn more about heaven, just come to Hope next weekend, whether it's the university campus or the Kennedy campus. Because I just think, people say, you know, you're, you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. I think the opposite is true. I think we're so earthly minded that we're no heavenly good. I think that if we got a grasp of what heaven was like and it really excited our hearts, it would give us hope, it would change our perspective. We'd look at our circumstances and say, eh, yeah, that's that's not good, but you know, look what I got coming. I know how, how it turns out. I know who wins. I get it. The resurrection says we win. The resurrection says we'll have physical bodies. The resurrection says life is going to get better. Maybe not this side of heaven, but the other side for sure. That's the hope that we have. Here's what I found. I found the enemy, Satan, what he wants to do is he wants you to downplay the awfulness of hell and the awesomeness of heaven. He doesn't want you to think heaven is an awesome place. He wants you to think, oh, really? Hearts? Spirits? Clouds? Worship service? Forever? And you walked in with that idea and you said, sounds good to me. No, it doesn't. Or here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. And, and please hear me. Satan wants you to think that everyone goes to heaven and no one's going to hell. As I read the Bible, Jesus said a lot about hell. And he said there are people going. In fact, he said, and it's a staggering passage. He said, the road that leads to hell is wide. And many are on. Because they choose to be. And it leads to destruction. Now, I don't know what path you're on, but I just want to challenge you that this Easter, if you're on that path, you can get off today. You can get on the path that leads to life. You can have the hope of heaven. You can walk in here with a, with a messed up concept of heaven and say, because Jesus rose from the grave bodily, so will I. And I'm going to live forever in a place called heaven. Let me ask you one other question. A couple other. Do you know today, if you were to die, you'd go to be with God in heaven? John says this. In the Gospel of John, he says, he says, I wrote my whole Gospel for one purpose. I wrote it so that you would know that you have eternal... He says, these things I have written... He says, I could have written a whole bunch more. I could have written a lot more events of, of the life of Jesus. I chose these events. I chose these miracles. I chose these signs. That you might know that you have eternal life. You can know that today. 
But the second question really is, is similar. Are you ready for heaven? Are you ready? You see, the choices we make today will direct your future. If you choose to live for today and say, this life is all there is, materialism, then you made your choice. If you think your life is about getting everything in so you don't miss anything, anything, you don't understand the resurrection, you don't understand the bodily resurrection of Jesus, you don't understand heaven, you don't understand what the Bible clearly teaches. Jesus was always calling people to choose. And so the question I want to ask you is, will you choose life or will you choose death? Will you say, I'm going to live and I'm going to try to get it all in now because if I don't get it in now, I'm going to miss out. Or will you say, you know what? I believe that Jesus has made some promises. When Jesus says, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you that where I am, you will be also. And you say, he's been working on it for 2,000 years. It's got to be pretty cool. Now, I do have a theory on that. If you are like, you love doing fix-it projects and you like you think you're you're gonna maybe in heaven and just picture this maybe he's just gonna give you the blueprint and say Lowe's or Menards or whoever's down the street you have an unlimited account you can get whatever tool you want you can get build it build whatever you want you know just enjoy it enjoy the construction enjoy doing it working with your hands cutting the boards and all that stuff and, and, and I'm just, you get my point. When God put Adam and Eve in the garden, what were they doing? Work was not a curse. God didn't give them work because, you know, now I'm going to punish you, you must work. Work was a blessing. Work was part of life. That was good. What I'm saying to you is you can either live for here and now hope for the best. Or you can say, Jesus, I'm going to give you my life because you created the heavens and the earth. You created me your image. You came and gave your life for me. You have a lot invested in me. And now I'm going to give my life to you. You gave your life to me. Now I'm going to give my life to you. And I realize that what you're going to do in my life is we're going to go on. We're going to begin a journey. We're going to start this walk of faith. And you're going to start doing things in my life. You're going to start changing my attitude, changing my perspective, changing my values. It's all going to be little by little. Just It's just like two people who walk into a church and they're not married and they say, I do to each other. And what, what happens when Jesus hung on a cross? He says, I do. And then when we call upon the Lord, we say, I do to Jesus. So the pastor says, I now pronounce that you are a man and wife. And two people who weren't married are married. They walk out. It happens within our and all of a sudden, within a half an hour, they walk out and they are married. And they begin a journey together. Some of you are married. You, you remember that day? Did you know what you were signing up for? Huh? Quite a journey, isn't it? It's kind of been messy, isn't it? Kind of had its challenges. That's the Christian life, and you're going to see testimonies of that. You're going to see how God is working in people's lives. You see, some of you have an idea that, well, I just got to clean my life up. I just got to get perfect. I got to be right. Everything's got to be... No, 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 no. In the same way that you, you know, when you say I do to this person, sickness and health, you know why we say sickness and health? Because there's a lot of baggage. Each of you are carrying the baggage. So we know that we want you to commit because you got you to be there in the baggage. And Jesus is there in the baggage. And he says, you just come with all your baggage and we'll sort it out day by day. We'll go on this journey together. 
That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So I don't know where you're at, but we're gonna, you're going to hear some testimonies in a moment. And you're going to see how God is working in people's lives. And maybe He's working in your life. Let me pray with you. Let's pray. Our Father, we just uh, are amazed and thankful for the Gospel, for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We thank You that um, He rose physically in a body. And that life in heaven with a new Jerusalem here on earth is going to be a physical life with a physical resurrected body. And it's going to be on our wildest dreams, beyond our comprehension. But we can imagine, and we can dream, and you encourage us to do that. I don't know where people are at, Father, but your Spirit does. And I pray that if you're working in hearts, that you change hearts. If there are people here uh, this morning, Father, that don't know you, today would be the day they would say, I need, I need Jesus. If there are people here that say, I know Jesus, but I kind of walked away. I pray they do a U-turn. It may be, Father, that as we do the testimonies in here in a minute, they would look at these testimonies and say, that's what's going on in my life. I need help. I need somebody to pray with so I can take some steps back. I don't know, Father, but I just pray that you would work in hearts right now. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.